Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast, a show about everything e-commerce and digital business. The aim is simple, to help you thrive online. And now, your host, Matt Edmondson. Welcome, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs. My name is Matt Edmondson, and this show is for those of us who are curious about e-commerce and want to know how to get better at doing digital business. Coming up in today's show, I am going to be looking at three ways you can personalize your customer journey to enhance customer experience, engagement, and loyalty. Now, this, let me tell you, is a big deal. You would have seen this all over the place. Amazon is the prime example, pun intended. (laughs) They are the prime example, right? Whenever you go to their website, they know who you are, they know the kind of stuff you want to buy, and they are going to tailor content around you and what you've done before, okay? And we're going to get into that and why that's important and how you can do it on your website. Of course, all the links, show notes, everything uh, from today's show will be on the website at mattedmondson.com. You can check that out. And also, while you're there, make sure you follow the link to this week's show sponsor, which is the amazing Curious Digital. Uh, You know what? They're just about to do a big release. 3.3 is coming out real soon with some great enhancements uh, coming out, some really great stuff, actually. I've been really impressed with the guys and what they've done and the demos that I've seen on that platform. It is a platform that I use for my own e-commerce businesses, so do check that out at curious.digital. That's curious with a K. You can go and check that out and see why... Uh, that platform is so good They actually you can now go and book a demo. So why don't you do that? Tell them I sent you uh, and book a demo and see how that can help your business, especially if you're in the market for a new e-commerce platform. Okay, let's get into this, right? Let's get into this whole personalization thing. I'm really excited to be talking about this because it is so, so powerful. But why do I think it's powerful? Well, it's it's I think for me, it's kind of obvious, right? Because by giving customers a personalized experience, you're going to improve, I think, quite significantly your conversion rates and your customer retention. The two key things I think it has an impact on. So let me give you an example of to, as to why I think this is important. Imagine you walk into a department store. It can be a department store of your choice or a TV shop. You know, wherever it is you like to go shopping um, and you walk into the shop, right? And you're searching through the clothes rack or whatever kind of store you're in. And what happens? A store clerk comes up to you and says, you know what? Hey, can I help you? Um, And your standard response is, no, thanks. I'm just browsing. Well, this kind of is the way it feels on a lot of people's websites, right? You kind of, you go onto a website and you're in just browsing mode. And occasionally that little chatbot assistant will put up and go, hey, can I help you? Um, And you nine times out of 10 ignore it and just go, you know what? I'm just browsing, right? And whilst having uh, an e-commerce website is brilliant and phenomenal and fantastic and all the other words that we can use to describe e-commerce and what it is, uh, it is it is a little bit impersonal uh, and it can be a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not as friendly or as warm or as personable um, as it could be, right? It's just really pixels on screen. So how do we how do we change it? How do we get to the stage where, you know, when you walk into that same store, and maybe what happens this time, the second person comes up to you and goes, oh, hey, Matt, 
they've remembered me from before. Um, those uh, headphones that you like have been upgraded. We've got the new ones in stock. Come over here and I'll let, let me show them to you. Do you want to check them out? Because these things are amazing, right? That's very a very different experience to the person that just goes, can I help you? Uh, and it would be in a store, right? I've been into hotels, for example. And you go into a hotel. A hotel is uh, very impersonal. You go in, you're checking, you go up to your room. And, you know, occasionally the TV says, hey, Matt, welcome to the hotel, right? But nothing really incredible. Yet when you go, there are some hotels, when you go back to them time and time again, the hotels that have definitely got this down, right? They remember you. And they have a system uh, in the back end which remembers you and they, they figure out ways to learn about you. And so, you know, when you go into one hotel and you're just checking, you just know the blank face is a very different experience to when you go into the second hotel, which goes, oh, hey, Matt, it's good to see you back. How's Sharon? How are the kids? Um, it's been about six months since you were last here. What's been going on? Right. Very different. Now, the person asking me those questions obviously won't know who I am, obviously won't re recognize me, but there are systems in place which gives that tailored personal experience, which makes me feel great when I go in there, right? And I want to be able to do this online. I want to create that same experience online, okay? And this is especially critical, uh, if you're listening to this show, if you have a business that has a large inventory, right? A large offering of products. Because, you know, about 40% of customers have left websites and bought from another site simply because there's way too much choice. Now, we should probably get into this in a whole different podcast, let me tell you. But the bigger your product range, the more this personalization concept becomes absolutely critical, right? Because you want everyone to feel unique and special, and you want everyone to find what is uh, the best solution or the best product for the particular need that they have at that point in time, right? And you are the person that's going to have to help them do this, right? And so there are three key areas that I think we need to look at when it comes to personalization. So key area number one is obviously the website, right? We need to personalize our website, now, that could just be personalizing homepage, it can be tailoring content, it could be changing whole systems around depending on who's on the website. That is entirely up to you, right? Now, if uh, if we follow a logical way of doing this, you're going to get someone who's coming to your site that has never been to your site before, right? How do we personalize to someone that has never been to the website before? This is a good question. Um, and one of the ways that we do that is through navigation design, right? How people find their way around the site. So we segment our product categories and obviously make it easier for the customers to browse, especially, you know, people that haven't been there before. And you want to categorize products around problems that they solve, okay? Uh, so is there a specific problem that a customer has what products have you got that are going to solve that problem? And they're going to click onto that category and go into that and be able to find the products that need that they need, right? So the aim here is to is to understand the customer as quickly as possible so you can start personalizing and tailoring the content to that customer. So when they start clicking around on different categories and your segments uh, and start clicking on, say, specific problems, well, you need to remember that, right? Um, because you're instantly starting to understand them and know them 
better, right? You can start to anticipate their problems and you can give them recommendations based on what they've previously looked at. Now, an example uh, of this, let's say I've got a, a website which sells pens, right? You know, the old fashioned analog ink pens. Uh, <laughs> and I've got this website and there's a whole bunch of different categories on the website, right? There's um, fountain pens, there's ballpoint pens, there's, I don't know, pencils. You can picture it in your head. Now, if someone comes along and starts clicking um, in the fountain pen section, I know with reasonable certainty, especially if they click on one or two products, that they're after a fountain pen, right? We're going to make some assumptions. And so what I then start to do is go, well, actually, can I show them on the pages maybe some links to blog posts about um, fountain pens? Can I uh, show them fountain pen accessories? Maybe show them what the best-selling fountain pens are and include that um, content in a real tailored specific way, I don't really need to show them about ballpoint pens, right? Because that's not what they're after. Now, I appreciate this is very simplistic, a very simplistic overview, and it, but it doesn't need to get more complicated than this, if I'm honest with you. It can be this straightforward. Understand what the customer wants, understand their problem, and give them content around that. And another way you could do this um, and the way that we have used so successfully over recent years is we want to encourage customers uh, to create a profile or an account on our website. So we have used a whole series of on-ramps uh, where people have created profiles long before they've purchased from us. Okay, And it's great because once they've logged into the website, I can give them what we call the logged-in experience. I can start to store their preferences, what their you know, like on the beauty site, for example, what kind of brands they like, what age they are, what skin type they are, um, you know, whether they're uh, young, old, male, female, whatever, right? We, we store all of that information um, in a way that makes it easy when they come back to recommend great products to them. Okay, so creating, getting them to create profiles and accounts is brilliant and always try and find ways to on-ramp them. Get them to create these accounts long before they purchase from you, if that's possible, uh, just so you can start tailoring content, right? Uh, make sure your uh, sign-up process is super quick and super easy. Make sure you get to know their browsing habits um, and you store that information um, uh, against their accounts. Uh, you can, for example, when you send them emails, you can track now whether they open that email. And if they do, um, and they open it on a desktop and then they open the same email on a mobile, well, you can then store their desktop and mobile browsing data together. You can join them um, using technology. You know, a lot of the email providers now do this um, active campaign, MailChimp, all that sort of stuff. You can do the tracking, HubSpot, whichever is your favorite. You've just got to get these things set up, right? And once you've got that in place, um, you're going to start to show customers personalized pages based on their anticipated needs or wants. That's the critical part, right? Remember, it, it's all about making things convenient and relevant and friendly for them. So you use things like favorites. We use that on our beauty sites. Brilliant. You know, what are your favorite products? Guess what? When you create your favorite products, when you come to our website, what are the first products that we show you? your favorites, right? Because that's what we know about you. We're giving you tailored content. Wishlicks, wishlists, wishlicks. That's a weird phrase, isn't it? Wishlists are great for this. 
Um, obviously, purchasing behavior, you know, what have they bought from you in the past, right? And the more you can store that information and the more you understand that this person is on your website right now and the more tailored the content is to them, the more, or the higher your conversion is going to be, right? So think about website personalization. How can you help customers? And like I say, think about the new customer that's come to your site. They're not registered. They're not logged in. How do you help them? Well, you do that through product categories and start to show them relevant information based on what they're searching for and looking for on your website. And the second area is obviously encourage them to create user accounts so you can store uh, their preferences and their behaviors against the accounts. Use things like favorites and wish lists and so on and so forth to really build up a good solid picture of your customer, their needs, their wants, their desires, and how your products meet all of that, right? So that's area number one is the website. We are now gonna take a few minutes to stop, pause, and review this week's e-commerce news. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are we doing? <laughs> We're doing okay. Good. What have you got for me this week? So, first of all, we've got Brexit. <laughs> it's coming dun, up. Dun, dun. <laughs> it's not too far away now, apparently. So I'm led to believe. It's on the same day as Halloween, apparently. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, that's quite an interesting mm -hmm. observation right there. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so Brexit mm -hmm. is all quite unpredictable. You could say as that. As we know. Yeah, yeah. But um, what kind of uh, ramifications do you think it would have on e-commerce in the UK? I think it will have negative effects because a lot of people from Europe will buy from England, right? And um, I think European sales have been increasing as, as the pound has fallen in value. Exports have become more interesting, right? And so... Uh, I think part of me is kind of like, I think it'll be more tricky because it's not in the European Union and the movement of goods in theory won't be easier. But then the other part of me thinks, well, actually, if Britain does leave the European Union, does that mean I don't have to charge VAT, which is our sales tax in the UK, on goods sent to Europe, right? Are they truly classed as an export? Which would be like distribution from Jersey. So then all of a sudden, everything's 20% cheaper if you're in Europe. Do you know what I mean? So I, genu I genuinely don't know how it's going to go. Um, I, th I don't think anyone knows. Some people are predicting doom and gloom. Some people mm -hmm. are predicting boom times. I just, I genuinely don't know. So um, I was reading an article this morning that said that September has been the worst for e-commerce sales this last September, last month. Oh, wow. Um, since like 95. Oh, wow. And um, What, in the UK? Yeah. Well, yep. So according to the BRC. Ah, uh, okay. The British Retail Consortium. That's the one. <laughs> and um, so I think they were, they were insinuating that it has to do with Brexit and the, and the political instability that goes with it. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, at the moment, to be fair, Brexit, you can blame everything on Brexit, right? Mm-hmm. It's just everything's Brexit's <laughs> fault. So let's just, but that's that's interesting that September was a really bad month for people. Um, wow. So I will, I guess, watch this space. Yeah, but actually, I've got another question. Okay. So how can e-commerce 
businesses in the UK prepare for Brexit? So I'm thinking things like drop shipping. How would that change? Because that's I, I don't know if it would. I think um, I think you the, you've got to prepare for Brexit in terms of how you're going to do distribution in the UK, especially if you ship to Europe. That's the big mm -hmm. thing. Is like how do I get a parcel from me to my client in Germany? Right? What's the, what's the plan there? Um, and I think that's so. There's distribution which you have to think about. I think. Are sales going to be affected? I think, yes, they will be. Um, we just don't know what the fallout and ramification of that's going to be until it all happens. And part of me thinks it'll be mass slightly because your Brexit happens just before Black Friday. And so mm -hmm. sales really start to pick up in November. For example, you said sales were bad in September. Yeah. Yes, that could be down to Brexit. But also is that down to the fact that people are buying later in the year because everyone's mm -hmm. now waiting for Black Friday? Do you know what I mean? There could be other things to think about. How do you how do you prep for this? I genuinely don't know. I think we're just making sure our distribution's ready, making sure that, you know, come November first, if we get a no deal, we can still ship the following day. And then we just you know, we've got some sales strategies that we've planned and yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, moving on. Yep. IGTV. Instagram TV. Yeah. Okay. So uh I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> need glasses. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so the quote that is in front of me that you've given me that you can't read because you've not got your glasses. <laughs> Similar web research reveals that users are now spending 53 minutes a day consuming content on Instagram. That's insane, right? The only that's not in the quote by the way. Um <laughs> this is my response to it. So it says Similar web research reveals that users are now spending 53 minutes per day consuming content on Instagram. The only social media site where people spend more time is Facebook, averaging 58 minutes a day. Wow. That's crazy, pretty, right? That's pretty bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I found this interesting because it, it seems that Instagram, or IGTV even, is, is better for business, mm -hmm. for marketing, and for exposure. But not that many companies are actually using it. That, no, I think Instagram TV especially is a big opportunity at the mm -hmm. moment for people because people are consuming more and more video content, right? Um, and YouTube's great, second biggest search engine in the world. Putting content on YouTube is great, but it's, what is it, something like 500 hours of content are uploaded every second or something. I don't know, it's just the, on amount, YouTube. Yeah, the amount of content on YouTube is, is being found, is, I think, is the tricky part. Mm -hmm. um, but Instagram TV, I think, is a unique opportunity. I think it's great. And especially if it's growing like that. So do you think some businesses are better cut out for IGTV than others? Yeah, I think it's going to depend on your business, your industry, your personality type. If you're in like a, a small e-commerce business and you're the face of the business, mm -hmm. IGTV is a no-brainer, right? But if you're, if you're a big corporate, then I think you're going to have a very different Instagram TV strategy. I'm not saying, you know, both I think could work on it, but geez, yeah. And again, I think it depends on who you're aiming at. Are your customers on Instagram TV? If you're like Jersey, most of its customers aren't on Instagram, they're on Facebook. So mm -hmm. Jersey, it wouldn't make sense for Jersey to do Instagram TV. But um, if your customers are, what, millennials? They're on Instagram, aren't they, mainly? If you're millennial-based business, Instagram makes total sense, especially IGTV. I think people will watch it. All right, should we move on? Okay. I found this article on Google Lens. 
Okay, why are you laughing? I just- I'm laughing because I didn't actually read to the end of the of the article. I kind of um, started thinking about what it could be saying and what it oh, could okay. mean. So you started to read the article and then daydreamed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think the idea is that with Google Lens, if you see someone wearing a certain um, type of apparel or accessories, Do you mean or clothing. Yeah. Okay. Or you know shoes or yeah, any kind of yeah. accessories. You can take a picture of it and you can find out Google will do its thing and tell you where you can buy that particular product. Which sounds, I can see why you now started to daydream. Yeah. So this was, um, it kind of reminded me, <laughs> it took me back and I wish I had known this before so I could okay. try it out because I, would, I was at a gas station. Petrol station. That's the one. Let me translate for the English Thank listeners. Thank you. Yeah. And um, there was this woman filling up her, ga- her, her car behind me, and mm. um, she had these really cool boots on. And I really wanted to know where they were from. <laughs> but, you know, it's really loud at the gas station, and I couldn't just shout over while I was um, filling up Pumping my own car. Petrol. So, but uh, do you not think it would have been really weird, though, if you'd have just walked up to her with your camera, took a photo, and walked off again of her boots? Yeah, <laughs> maybe I could have just done it from where I was, you know, stealth photography. Stealth, yeah, yeah. This, this is why they need to start adding mm. more and more zoom lenses to cameras so you can stealth take pictures and figure yeah. out. So I don't know if that's what it was about. You should probably check it out. I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but if it could do what I think it can do. Well, that would be amazing be technology, amazing, right? That yeah. actually you can now start to take photos of things. Like you can do it on Pinterest and they'll go and find and source those kind of products. How's do it as well, don't they? where you can come across images and they'll go and source the products for you, which is very, very clever. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that actually plays out because um, there's all kinds of privacy issues all of a sudden at stake, aren't there? Like that lady, I mean... She just might not want me to take Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, wow. um, but again, I mean, I don't know. Is it hard just to go up and ask her where she got boots Well, from? it wouldn't have been too hard. And I kept thinking, I should have just asked her. <laughs> So a conversation would have been better than a picture, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always nice, I think, to talk to people, bring back the community, you know, aspect of of worldwide living. Wonderful. Okay, that's it. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. That's the news. So now let's get back to it. Okay, let's get back into this area number two. Okay, so the first one that we looked at pre-news section was obviously the website and creating uh, a system that tracks behavior and storing that information and then showing relevant content on the website. Number two, area number two is email personalization. Okay, now, what do we mean by this? The standard protocol, if you do do email marketing, uh, and 30% of you listening to this show won't be doing email marketing, if that's you, stop the car, stop whatever you're doing uh, right now and slap yourself around the face and say, get on your email marketing program. (laughs) Trust me, you'll be grateful. But if you do email marketing, right, the standard way to do this is to go, you know what, I have a database of, say, 10,000 people, and I'm going to email my latest news to those 10,000 people or my latest products or my latest offers, right? Which is what we did for years. We just sent the same email out to all 10, 20,000 people, have many people's on your database. We just sent the whole list, the same email. Boom, there it is. This week's offer, boom, there it is. And that worked great like 15 years ago. I think we have to be a little bit cleverer these days, right? Um, so if that's you... 
Um, I'm not saying don't send out the weekly newsletter or the weekly offer or whatever that is, but think about the shopping habits of your customers and ask yourself, what is the relevant content and promotional offers for them specifically? Right. So on the beauty website, for example, if you are a big fan of, say, the Gino skincare brand, well, I'm not going to email you a whole bunch of offers from skincare brands, which you don't you're not really interested in. Right. So I, I start to understand what kind of things you like. And guess what? My email open rates go up, uh, the click throughs go up, the sales go up. Um, so you, you can segment, right? So personalization, segment your lists and, and don't just send the same email to everybody. Start to segment and be really a bit more targeted. But this is where I think email se sequences become your friends. So let me give you a few definitions. There's what we call email broadcasts, which is where you send one email to many people which would be the equivalent of your weekly offer or newsletter. That's the same email that goes out to a thousand people or 10,000 people, you know, however many is on your list or however many is in that particular segment. That is an email blast. An email sequence is a little bit different. It, this is where you send one email to one person based on um, a specific action or trigger, right? Or a piece of behavior. For example, when somebody um, buys from you the first time, that one event, that, that behavior by that visitor could then trigger a series of emails which you send to that person. You're not going to send them to everybody. You're just going to send them to that person. So um, if you're selling a widget and that widget is notoriously difficult to use unless you've got really clear instructions, what do you do? You send them the widget and then a day later you send them an email saying, hey, this is how you set it up. And three days later, this is how you do this. And then a day later, this is how you do that. The guys who are great at this are people like GoPro. Whenever you buy GoPro, they send you a sequence of emails. This is how you set it up. This is how you use it. Here's some great content. Here's some great video, right? So sequence emails that are personalized to those who you're trying to on-ramp, okay, are, well, they're, they're just gold dust, let me tell you. Uh, and again, even for returning customers, you know, that want to know about specific offers that are relevant to them, you could have an email sequence which says, right, uh, Jane came to my website, she bought this specific product. I know that lasts, um, say, three months. So after two months, I'm going to start to email her a specific sequence to try and encourage her to come back and purchase that product again. Okay. So you can do sequences to people that you're trying to on-ramp, in other words, people that haven't purchased from you before and those that have purchased from you before, okay? But it's one email to one person and they're very targeted, very specific emails. For example, because uh, I know you love examples, right? People always say to me, give me more examples, Matt. So here's more examples. Let's go back to my fountain pen, right? I'm selling uh, pens on the website. Somebody's come across um, and they've gone around the fountain pens and they've gone and purchased from me for the first time, right? I don't know who they are. I don't know anything about them um, other than the fact they've purchased this fountain pen from me, okay? So then that could trigger a sequence that I would send out to that person. Uh, so for example... Um, I would send maybe uh, a, an email a day or two after the purchase saying, listen, this is the top tips on how to use a fountain pen like a pro, 
right? And so there's a really nice article that maybe links to a video that they could watch and read all about how to get them, you know, how to get beautiful handwriting with that fountain pen. And then maybe a few days after that, um, I send them an email saying, this is, you know, everything you need to know about finding the perfect nib for your fountain pen. Um, and then if uh, maybe an article on how to, the, the, you know, Matt's guide to choosing the perfect ink for your fountain pen so that it writes beautifully clear every time you put it on paper, right? You know, the, you know those kind of things. And there's maybe a sequence that I could send to them, which will maybe have video content, maybe linked to blogs. I might even do an offer saying, hey, listen, um, you've had your fountain pen a week. How are you getting on with it? It's a beautiful pen. Here are some reviews that people have, have said about this specific pen. But you know what we found? When you use that pen with this specific paper, then when you write notes to your loved ones, man, does it look fantastic, right? Or something like that. And so I might then try and upsell them paper. Okay, so... Um, there's all kinds of things that you can do with sequences to customers that are really tailored content, real targeted specific content. Um, so make sure you are on that whole email personalization thing, right? So uh, create some catchy subject lines that immediately catch the attention of the person who's receiving the email and draws them in. Um, and you can create subject lines which are tailored they're more likely to open those rather than the generic ones, okay? Um, whether it's about the product or the service or whatever it is, uh, you can talk about the transformation, you can talk about the product or top tips. Um, so if I, you know, if you bought a fountain pen, I have a Lamy Safari fountain pen, really like them. So after I bought that, if the store that I bought it from sent, sent me an email saying, Matt, here is how to get the most out of your Lamy Safari pen, right? It's very tailored content. It's got my name in it. People love to hear their name. It's got the product name and it's got content tied around that product that I was interested in. Okay, so uh, you really think about email personalization and definitely have a look at sequences and figure out some sequences that you can use to help engage your customers, to increase your conversion uh, and to increase you know, your repeat business. And sequences are great at doing that. Definitely, definitely check them out. Um, and obviously, if you've got any questions, let us know. It may be that we do a specific episode on sequences because they are so, so powerful. Um, area number three. Okay, so the first area was our website personalization. Area number two is email personalization. Number three, um, it goes without saying, is social media. Okay, and personalized advertising through Facebook Oh man, you see it, it still happens now. The content is still out there. You will go onto somebody's website and then when you go onto Facebook, you'll start to see tailored uh, advertising um, around that product or around content that maybe leads you to that product on Facebook, on Instagram, LinkedIn are now doing it. So there's all these kind of remarketing pixels which you can now use. The most obvious one is going to be Facebook, okay? And you can use super targeted and real specific marketing. Now, remember when it's with social media, um, it's not just about, you know, you saw this product on my website, let me show you that product on your Facebook feed. I think that's actually starting to get a little bit annoying now and people are bored with that. So what you can do um, is be a bit more creative and start to create a, a, an on-ramp strategy around uh, Facebook 
uh, or create some kind of strategy around social media engagement. Okay, so rather than just sell, 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 why not give your customers kind of a human connection with your brand in a personable and less formal tone, right? Um, and it's also going to give you an opportunity to better understand your customers. So following them back, getting involved in conversations, responding to their content and let them know they matter to you, right? It's not just about um, putting content out there. It's about getting involved in the conversation and tracking that and just being super, super helpful. Guess what? It all helps, right? It really, really helps. When we started our own skincare brand, one of the things that we did was we just literally went onto Twitter and anybody that complained about a specific skin condition they were suffering with, we looked, we found those tweets through searching and we were like, you know what, could we help these people? Yes or no? If we could, we just send them a tweet saying, hey, listen, sorry to hear about dot, dot, dot. Um, let me send you some free samples of this product because I think it might really help you. Okay. So that's very personalized marketing, very much one-on-one trying to connect with people. And you know what? It worked incredibly well. There weren't that many people that said, no, no, don't send me samples. Everyone's like, well, that's amazing. Thanks for getting in touch. Send them here. We'd send the samples out. And then because our products were good, a lot of people would then buy those products. Okay. So you can uh, use social media content to help drive your sales. But of course, you can use it for advertisement as well. Um, and it is a great place to do what I would call on-ramp strategy as well. So someone comes to, say, my pen website, right? But they've not been before. They didn't register while they were there. And they've looked at a few products, for example, the fountain pen, and then they leave. So in theory, I have no idea who this person is. But because I'm a smart e-commerce marketer, I've got the Facebook pixel on my website and that fires, okay? And I'm using that well with my, uh, uh, with my automated software. So they've come to that website. I'm going to put them in a custom audience, which is I'm going to call Fountain Pen Custom Audience, for example, okay? And then I can target them on-ramp uh, content. So I don't just have to show them Fountain Pen. Hey, buy this Fountain Pen. I could show them a video, for example, on how to write beautifully with a fountain pen. Uh, I could link through to a blog post, the top 10 mistakes beginners make with fountain pens and how to avoid them, right? So on and so forth. And I'm going to see which kind of content they interact with and then start to understand them. For example, if I put out a piece of content which has the top 10 mistakes beginners make with fountain pens and how to avoid it, well, they may not be a beginner, so they may not be interested in that article. But they might interact with content like on fountain pen paper, for example. Uh, you can tell I don't have a fountain pen website, right? I'm really sorry if you do. I'm not trying to do a disservice. I'm just trying to give some examples of how I maybe would think about this. And so I'm going to start to understand which content they're interacting with. And guess what? When they start interacting with different types of content, it's all helpful to me because I start to understand the customer more and start to understand what they want the more I do that, the more I can personalize the experience, the more friendly I can become. I become more like the guy in the shop that doesn't go, how can I help you? I become more like the guy that goes, hey, Matt, the headphones that you like, we've got them in, come try them out. Um, I've saved some for you. Just check it out. You're going to love them, right? Uh, I'm, I want to become more like the receptionist at the hotel that goes, oh, hey, Matt, how are you doing? It's, it's been a few months since we've seen you. How's it all going? How's Sharon? How are the kids, right? 
I want to create that kind of event on my website because that is going to have a great impact on conversion. And so I'm hoping that this podcast has given you some ideas, some thoughts, some things to go and check on how you can do personalization better on your website. I appreciate when I do podcasts like this, there's a lot to cover, right? We've talked about websites, we've talked about email, and Matt, you've talked about social media marketing. None of these, my friend, are five-minute fixes, that's for sure. You've got to get involved with them and get onto them. Uh, and the top tip that I'm going to give you is, is just take five minutes to try and understand for you, which of those three areas, if you worked on them, would have the biggest bang for your book, right? Which is going to have the biggest impact on your customers? What can you do? Where are the quick wins? What stuff could you do today that would impact your tomorrow? For example, setting up email sequences to people that have purchased from you for the first time. Well, that'll take a few hours to do. And that's actually quite a quick win versus trying to create some kind of backend system that tracks which pages you know customers have viewed on your website if you don't already have that there. I, I appreciate that. So what could you do, right, that's going to uh, have the biggest impact for you? What's going to have the, the biggest uh, impact on your customers? Think about that and then just spend some time uh, playing around with it. And let me know what you do because I'd love to hear your stories about personalization. And um, I always love it when you guys get in touch and say, hey, listen, I tried this. That didn't work. Or I tried this. This was amazing. Um, and we get to share that kind of knowledge. It's always fun to hear your stories. So thanks for listening. Go ahead, work on that personalization thing, and also make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it's free, and the show is full of great content, uh, even if I do say so myself, about how to set up, run, and grow your own digital business uh, so do make sure you subscribe, okay? Keep up to date. And also, if social media is your thing, definitely connect with me on social Insta, uh, on social Instagram. <laughs> That's where my brain is getting ahead of my mouth. That's what that was. Uh, check me out on social media. Instagram was what I was going to say is my social media platform of choice at the moment. Um, but I'm also on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. And of course, I am on Facebook. Just go to all of those platforms and search for Matt Edmondson. That's E-D-M-U-N-D-S-O-N uh, and you'll connect with me there. And of course, if you don't remember any of that, just head on over to the website, mattedmondson.com. All the social media links are there. Notes from today's episode, links to the sponsors, all of that sort of stuff is on there. Go check it out, mattedmondson.com. Wonderful. Thanks for listening, uh, guys, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneur. And I'll be back next week with some more help and advice on e-commerce. Until next time. You've been listening to the Curiosity Podcast with Matt Edmondson. Subscribe and join us next time as we carry on conversations about all things e-commerce and digital business.